0: Hi there, welcome to Sound Healing Radio. I'm David Gibson, and today's show is about healing every disease in the world with sound and vibration, especially vibration, not just sound. So I'm going to be playing a little bit of the uh, TED Talk from Anthony Holland, where he shows different types of cancer being exploded with four different frequencies, but also I'll play... Uh, the last part of the interview with Anthony uh, from our conference that happened this morning. And uh, it's really inspiring. Because okay. the potential, I can see the potential now. Okay. That's all. So, our intention is that all disease in the universe is healed. That's all. <laughs> Before we get started, though, let me tell you about some things happening here at the Institute. We've got um, our journey to Egypt. It's happening June 3rd through the 10th. You can find that at harmonicexpeditions.com. We've been there before, so we know how to light up the different chambers with sound. And then we've got our open house on uh, Sunday, December 10th, from 1 to 5, if you're in the area Everybody gets really high. We put people on sound tables, get really peaceful as well. We talk about how it all works and do a lot of meditations with vibration. And then we also have our uh, classes at the Institute. The next semester actually starts January 17th. Uh, But you could start the online part on uh, December uh, 10th, I think it is. and. Uh, it's all about how sound affects you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, how to do treatments on uh, yourself and others, how sound works in the universe, also how to do sound baths and concerts with all the different instruments. We've got a full store, so you get to play with all the tools. And then we have the same program online, also starting in December, uh, where you can do the whole thing online works really well. Um, And uh, we've got about a dozen instructors that uh, give you a wide perspective on everything from voice to all the instruments to exactly how consciousness works. Then we have a recording program. You could jump in, but the next semester starts in April, or actually February, I think. And uh, it's all about how to run a digital audio workstation to do recording, mixing, and producing. I wrote the number one selling books in the world in audio recording, The Art of Mixing, and The Art of Producing. Also the one number one selling book in Sound Healing, The Complete Guide to Sound Healing. And you can find that at thecompleteguidetosoundhealing.com. We also have our voice analysis software that we sell. Uh, the next training is December 9th. If you sign up by November 22nd, then you can join or you can also get a treatment for $85. That's all at voiceanalysisharmony.com. And then we have our brainwave assessment software where we uh, give you 48 CDs tuned to Delta for sleep, Theta for creativity, Alpha for learning, Beta for thinking, and Gamma for blissing out. But we show you precisely how to tune those CDs to the person I have got 12 little tidbits of uh, sound with uh, frequencies and rhythms for the 12 notes. And you play those and you see which one makes the person the most uh, calm and peaceful and still. And it's really good for uh, traumatic brain injuries, anxiety, depression, even grief, uh, PTSD, autism, and dementia. So you can find that at yourhomenote.com. We also have, what else here? We also have our um, store where you can find all of our products. We've got over 500 products now. Uh, Crystal bowls, Tibetan bowls. We've got uh, a bunch of tuning forks. We've got sound lounges and... Sound dolphins and sound pillows that vibrate, and even a belt you can strap on that are really good for pain and getting blissed out, and a lot of really good for any neurological issue. We also have our Medical Sound Association under our nonprofit, where we've got if you go to Integrative Sound, we've got treatment plans for a wide range of issues, whether it's grief, anxiety, depression, trauma, de- dementia. We have over 800 doctors putting these treatment plans together. And so uh, you can see the details, like 30 pages each for each one for on this on medicalsoundassociation.com, all different types of issues. You know, this is really the basis of bringing sound and vibration into hospitals, ultimately. Not just the integrative side, but the the medical side, ultimately and then we've got the sound treatment center we're almost about to launch the sound treatment center if you want to be a practitioner we'll train you how to mic everything and you can charge whatever you want um and then if you want to get a treatment in about a week and a half we'll be all set you can sign up to receive a treatment at soundtreatmentcenter.com we've already got a lot of practitioners ready to go and it's just a matter of calling, and that's the best quality sound, the very best quality sound. So uh, we make sure the micing is perfect, and we've got a program way better than Zoom that is just excellent. So it's really the best sound. So that's SoundTreatmentCenter.com. We'll be blasting off in about a week and a half, probably around the 20th of November. (laughs) then uh let's see then the big thing is our sound healing conference it's been going for a few days we've got one more day tomorrow but all of the presentations are uh free and they're all uh free playback for the next three weeks so you can still totally check it out and we've got all these different people doing presentations and sound baths before everyone Oh, my God, you'll get blissed out just from the sound bath. Really interesting information on how to heal all disease, a lot of work with the voice, a lot of intuitive work. Um, it's just a lot of fun and really interesting as well. So that's at globesoundhealingconference.com. And again, this morning we had the presentation with Anthony Holland. So let's jump into that. So Anthony Holland, it was almost 10 years ago Anthony did a TED talk. And he actually shows four different types of cancer being exploded with four different frequencies, electromagnetic frequencies. There's another company in Israel actually using ultrasound on on, If I have time, I'll play that as well. Um, But Anthony's using electromagnetic. So I want to play a little bit of the TED Talk, and then I want to play the interview that I did after his presentation. So I'm not going to play his presentation for the conference. You can check that out on the site here. I'm going to play the interview I did with him after his presentation. So let me play for you his TED Talk, just a bit of his TED Talk. Okay. Check this out.
1: So we search the US patent database and we find this invention by a physician, Dr. James Bear of Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's called a resonant frequency therapy device and its purpose is to induce a resonant vibration in a living organism or cell. And there are two really important things about this device. The first is that it uses a very special kind of antenna. They take a hollow glass sphere, they evacuate the air, they put in some helium gas, and when we send in our electronic signals, the helium gas lights up like a fluorescent light. An electrified gas is called a plasma, so this is called a plasma antenna, and it has many special properties uniquely suited for this kind of work. The second important aspect about Dr. Baer's invention is that the output always pulses. It's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. This is very important because when you're doing research on the effects of electromagnetic waves on living organisms and cells, if the signal is constantly on, you are in danger of inducing heat in those cells and heat causes indiscriminate destruction. And we don't want that, we want targeted destruction. So we don't have to worry about heat. And now, we go to the biology laboratory, and we take Dr. Baer's device, and the hunt begins through a microscope for a frequency which will shatter A living microorganism. Now we have a method of controlling Dr. Baer's device by an input control frequency. So if I put in say 100 Hertz, out will come 100 pulses per second. If I put in 200 Hertz, we'll get 200 pulses. So now we're searching for the magic frequency. And we start with 100 hertz and we look through the microscope to see if anything's happening. We watch for five minutes. Nothing happens. So we try 101 hertz. We look through the scope for five minutes and nothing happens. So we try 102, 103, and so on. Over the course of 15 months, we try hundreds and hundreds of frequencies, if not thousands until we find the magic combination. The answer is you have to have two input frequencies, one low, one high, and the higher frequency must be 11 times the lower. It's what we musicians would call the 11th harmonic. And when we add the 11th harmonic, we begin to shatter microorganisms like a crystal glass. These are the first videos taken. We showed these videos to our friends in the biology department. They said they hadn't seen anything quite like it. Seems to be a new phenomenon. These organisms are being shattered by our electronic signals. This is a harmless organism, almost friendly, a little blepharisma and normally they're very fast swimmers, but when you approach a frequency to which they are vulnerable, they begin to slow down, then they stop, and then they begin to disintegrate within about three minutes. So now we know we can destroy a microorganism, and the question comes up, but can you target a specific organism with a specific frequency? So in this next video, You'll see a large organism in the center, a paramecium, undergoing disintegration, and swimming all around it, a tiny different organism, which is unharmed. If we're lucky, we'll also hear the audio as I narrate the experiment live in a noisy lab. Perhaps you can see the sort of fireworks effect happening in the growing blister to the right of the organism. And here comes a little neighbor wondering what's going on. Who's testing? And you can see blisters forming now on the lower left quadrant and upper left quadrant. The shape is now changing. And a major explosion out the top. So now we have some evidence that we can target specific microorganisms with specific
0: frequencies. The main point here is that, it, oops. and we make several more. Main point is that it doesn't hurt anything else. There's no side effects. It doesn't hurt any other of the organisms in the body because they are a different frequency. It only hurts the the, the cells that you're targeting. That's a really important point.
1: And we film the destruction of hundreds of microorganisms. And about this time, we meet a cancer researcher, and we show them these videos. And this results in an invitation to spend four months in a cancer research lab trying to shatter cancer cells. This is our setup in the lab. You can see the microscope with cancer cells on it, here's the plasma tube, and here is my little frequency control box. So first we attack pancreatic cancer. Take a good look at this slide, because the next one will look quite different. After we treat these cells, they change their shape and size, and they begin to grow long rope-like structures out the sides. They look something like antennas. I call them bio-antennas for biological antennas. It's as if the cancer cells are trying to tune in to our signal. It also turns out this is the beginning of a process of destruction for cancer cells. We now know that cancer is vulnerable between the frequencies of 100,000 Hertz and 300,000 Hertz. So now we attack leukemia cells. Leukemia cell number one tries to grow a copy of itself, but the new cell is shattered into dozens of fragments and scattered across the slide. Leukemia cell number two then hyperinflates and also dies. Leukemia cell number three then tries to make another cancer cell. The new cell is shattered and the original cell dies. But killing a handful of leukemia cells is not enough for a patient. What kind of numbers can we do? In repeated controlled laboratory experiments, independently assayed by the two top experts, we killed an average of 25% to 42% of the leukemia cells, as high as 60%. They also determined that we slowed the growth rate of the cancer by as much as 65 percent. So a double effect. So, OK,
0: now let me play the actual interview. Now we attack over cancer cells. So they it goes on to a couple other types of cancer. But now check out the interview. This is after his presentation in our sound healing conference. So check this out. Oh my God, it's just so inspiring because the potential is just so massive. It's just so massive. So I got a few questions here. Um, You know, as a physics major, uh, first of all, I'm just curious as the protocol for testing or for fu- figuring out the frequencies because I teach a, a a clinical research class in my my program here you know and I'm thinking okay there's 20,000 frequencies or you know, if you go into uh you know higher frequencies and because we're not talking sound we're talking of electromagnetics then there's millions not even counting decimal points so and then if you start looking at two I mean, it's like you, I remember you originally said it's like, what, 15 months to actually, or 18 months to actually go through and just find. I mean, you just do one at a time?
1: You know, this was the great uh, problem I faced when we first went to the cancer lab on the East Coast. The uh, director of the lab said, uh, you have, uh, I think at the time, the first trial was two weeks. You have two weeks to treat these cancer cells and we'll see if something happens. Well, uh, just what you said was the problem, you know, do you start at 100 hertz or 10,000 hertz or a megahertz or where do you go? So uh, initially at that time, I went to uh, the internet and some books which had published frequencies by the legendary Royal Rife, right? There are big lists of Rife frequencies for different situations. And I made a list of all of them, and on the first two days in the lab, uh, working 12-hour nights, I tested every frequency I had from those lists, looking through the microscope for any kind of change in the cancer cells. And uh, around that time, I became aware of a company, a much larger multinational company called Novocure. Novocure started in Israel. They started with $1 billion, that's billion with a B of private investment. And uh, they since, that was way back in uh, 2009. And since then, NovaCure is now a publicly traded stock with an FDA approved cancer frequency treatment. I think they have uh, three types of cancer now uh, approved. They use a little different technology than we use. Uh, they use uh, electrodes that are uh, glued, essentially stuck to parts of the patient. So, if you have a brain cancer, was the first cancer they were FDA approved for. They take your shave your hair, and then they glue a series of little electrodes on your head, and a low powered uh, frequency electric field goes into your brain uh, all day while you wear this device. It's very effective. So after I tried all these you know, historic Rife frequencies, and I'm sorry to say, I didn't see really any effect on the cancer cells. I was pretty surprised. I thought, well, let's see what Novocure does. What, what range are they working in? And at that time in 2009, they were not yet FDA approved, but they had some very good scientific publications. They, they are very well-funded and they have top-notch scientists. So I read that the NovoCure considered that 100,000 hertz, 100 kilohertz, was a common frequency to which many cancers were vulnerable, and further, they delineated uh, that in most of their publications, they say between 100,000 and 300,000 hertz is where they've been able to uh, show the cancer is vulnerable. So this is when I began hunting up in that range uh, in 2009 between 100,000 Hertz and 200,000 Hertz. Uh, however, our frequencies are passing through a plasma tube. We don't use electrodes that are attached to, uh, you know, the cell flasks or anything. This is a glass ball filled with helium. The, the gas molecules light up with the electric s- electronic signals we send in. And it emanates electric fields, which are pulsed at the frequency that we have control over. So we started pulsing cells up in the Novocure range around 100 kilohertz. And that's when, uh, when I think when I first saw something, I was at 197 kilohertz, and I saw my first leukemia cell shatter. And that just blew my mind. Uh, it also blew the mind of the lab director. I still have on video uh, a little segment with the lab director. I'm not supposed to show it to the public, I'm sorry to say, but the lab director looks at me on video and he says, I don't know what you're doing, but you're destroying more cancer cells than chemo or radiation, and it's impossible. Uh, (laughs) At the time, he told me, even if you could do this six more times and had the same results, I don't know if I can publish this because nobody in my field, and he'd been in the field 25 years, he said, nobody would believe it. So uh, to get back to your question, how do we find the frequencies? That's the range we generally work in. And I have kind of limited my hunts between around 100,000 and 200,000. And what I do is when I start with a new kind of cancer that I haven't used, that I haven't tried before, I start at 100,000 hertz. Because uh, NovaCure has said that seems to be almost a universal number that many cancers are sensitive to. Uh, not all, but many. So I start there, and then I have a whole kind of hunting pattern where uh, in the first week, I'll hunt the odd numbers. Uh, like I might run 100,000 hertz for two hours, and then I'll run 120 for two hours and 140. Or sorry, these are the even numbers. And I go all up to 200, and then the next week I'll run the odds. I'll do 100, uh, 130, 150, 170 kilohertz, up to 210 maybe, and then I'll compare those results, and that starts to allow me to narrow down. Okay, the the even numbers work better than the odd, so now I'm going to zero down and narrow the range. And over the course of some weeks, you eventually find that there's a, a narrow bandwidth in which these cancer cells will really start shattering and slowing
0: down and dying so it just just takes a, some time so i got a, a clarification question so you said 197,000, right and are we talking the pulse rate or the carrier frequency rate
1: now that's a good question that's the pulse rate 197 thousand pulses per second. Uh, The carrier of the RF is an FCC approved carrier for this kind of work. 27.12 megahertz is the carrier that is sent into the plasma tube and then it's pulsed at 197,000 times a second.
0: Have you ever thought about trying to play with the different carriers? Yeah, there's, I
1: know in the Rife world, uh, a lot of people think that Rife was using, I think, a three megahertz carrier. Right, right. And then he did oscillation up and down, above and below that. Yes, we we could make variations in that. Uh, Right now, the equipment that we work with is locked in at the FCC-approved carrier, 27.12 megahertz. Um, I think if you had a device that had low enough power levels, you could work at a, you could legally work at a different carrier level. You have to be very careful about what the rules are, uh, what carrier can transmit at what power level. So I th- we may be looking at that in the future. <clears throat> I would actually like to see a device where I can change the carrier at will. So not only am I changing the pulse rate, but i'm also changing the carrier and then once you find a frequency that works now try some different carriers and see if that makes a difference that would be the ideal machine for me
0: cool cool well i've got a, f- a few uh ideas here um you know in my book i talk about <clears throat> how to heal every disease by looking at the body as music so it's got frequencies it's got Tambers, which are a combination of frequencies. It's got musical interval relationships and it's got musical flows through each of the 11 systems, right? It's in smooth flow without blockages is the whole deal. So my first thought is why two frequencies? Why not three? Why not, in fact, why not actually use a device to measure the frequency content of the cancer cells, like the Raman spectroscopy that John Stuart Reed used. And I just talked to two doctors at an event just a week ago, and they said there's like light devices that will measure the frequency of the entire harmonic content of a cell scientifically in real time. And then you've got the entire harmonic array, all frequencies, and now you play all of those frequencies to it and explode it 100% of the time.
1: Yeah, this, this is really would be an ideal uh, situation. And I have to say, I love the way you describe the, uh, the metaphor of the human body and its functions in music, harmony, overtones, melody, and all these things. It, as a fellow musician, this makes absolute perfect sense to me uh, when I'm doing experiments. Uh, in fact, uh, when I was uh, working still as a college professor teaching music for many years, uh, one of my uh, areas of work was composition, you know, writing uh, music for uh, other performers, or in some cases, electronic music for computers. And when people would ask me the last 10 years, what kind of music are you writing? I would say I'm writing music for microbes or music for cancer cells. <laughs> and the difference is we're hoping they don't like this music very much. That really, uh, you don't want to see your audience get hurt by your music. But in the case of cancer or dangerous bacteria, hey, we don't mind if, if uh, the audience doesn't uh, survive the concert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the, this is where, where I'm headed and we're looking at doing the research for this, is to actually use the electron microscope to measure the harmonic content of different cells in each of the 11 systems and measure them at specific nodes based on doctors so that we find the actual notes of the melody of that entire uh, system. Right, and then we use EKG and EEG, and now we got the rhythm, because it's going to be in direct relationship, right, to the heart, brain, and breath, right. And now you've got the melody of the entire of each of the eleven systems. So you've got eleven songs of you, and you can use needles with frequencies. You can use electromagnetics. You can use micro, uh, you know, micro uh, pads. You could use ultrasound. You could use infrared light. You could use uh, scalar waves and run that song through besides, I mean, and still find the Wiley cells and explode them to break up the blockages, right? But ultimately create that flow. But also, this is the other thing that I'm, I think about, and that is to shift to finding what's right in the body and using electromagnetics to resonate the parts of the body into what's right also, besides destroying what's wrong.
1: Yeah, that touches on an interesting uh, email I received a few years ago. In my TED Talk, I mentioned uh, the book, The Rainbow and the Worm by a scientist who lived in England. Her name was May Wan Ho. And after my TED talk, I tried to contact her by email. And at first she kind of ignored me completely, but uh, through persistence, uh, she wrote back and she watched my TED talk. And uh, I was very excited about it because her book was really providing the theoretical background How, what what am I doing? How is it I'm able to destroy these cells? And she started explaining her book about liquid crystals and cells are liquid crystals. And I knew we could shatter crystals with the right frequency. But in one of our email exchanges, she wrote to me. She said, yeah, that's great. You You can shatter cancer cells. But really, even better would be find a frequency which will take a cancer cell and revert it back to a normal healthy cell well that that's of course the ultimate idea and similar to what you were just saying but I have no idea how I could do that uh, uh, we, I don't I'm not capable of the type of detailed cellular testing you know where you could determine how much ATP is happening or the structure of the ribosomes or that that really would take a huge, scientific team. I think Novocure would have a big enough team to do that, but Uh they're more interested in slowing and destroying the cells. I think the first step in the case of cancer, antibiotic resistance, bacteria, any of these things, is to to stop the disease from hurting you further, from hurting the patient. As I understand it, the problem with cancer is when it starts to interfere with the functions of the body, that's where the patient becomes uh, really seriously in trouble. So first we have to stop that cancer from interfering with bodily functions, maybe in the future through shattering so many cells at a time. And then uh, we, we can encourage uh, better health in the patient, but we have to prevent uh, those most urgent moments which are a real threat to life.
0: I've got another idea, which is a a project that looks like we're going to get funded for that uh, I think you'll love because, as a musician. And that is to use these electron microscopes to map out all frequencies of all 70 trillion cells. Take a little time, right? And we'll have to use AI, but then we'll map out the musical interv- interval relationships between them, because they will be the same. They're different from person to person, and that's why nobody agrees on any frequency, frequency for anything, right? Because it's a little bit different. So then, we. But I bet you the musical interval relationships are the same from person to person.
1: I think you're right. I think there uh, there are certainly unique characteristics for every individual, but then I think there will be broad characteristics which all of our res- our bodies would respond to. Uh, I just want to touch on this point about electron microscopes, and uh, it makes me recall uh, some audio recordings I've heard of Royal Rife. I don't know if you, you know, I'm sure everybody's familiar with the great legend of Royal Rife, but uh, some years ago I was able to obtain audio recordings that had been found that he left behind in his own voice, and the voice of people who knew him. And one of the things he explains about the electron microscope, which at his, in, in Rife's day, the electron microscope was just being developed. It was a new thing. And as Rife pointed out, he said, the problem with that is everything under the electron microscope is first killed. It's uh, plated with silver, They paint it with a kind of silver paint. They put it in a vacuum where nothing can survive, theoretically. And then they hit it with like 100,000 volts in order to take a picture. So Reif uh, felt that electron microscope photographs were, as he called it, shadow graphs of deceased creatures. And And that's all right if you want to see what the creature looked like or the organism looked like or parts of the cell. But you can't study the function of the cell or see it, how it reacts to a signal in real time unless it's alive. So this is where uh, there are scientists now. I think uh, Stefan Heller is one who won the Nobel Prize for his microscope work, where they are able to now see living cells. For example, I have a friend in France who does work with fiber optics and special uh, microscopes, he can see a neuron in real time, stimulate the neuron and view and videotape the signal of what's happening at the the cellular neuron level in, in the living animal and in living cells. So now we're getting to the point where the top microscope experts can actually image these things in living cells, living creatures. I'm sure they could do bacteria. Uh, How far away could viruses be? And then just what you said, we'll be able to watch the reaction in real time and say, yep, look at that. That's this is Write This one down. He didn't like this one. He died.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that. So you finally getting microscopes that won't kill the object. Yeah. So the other level that I think about also is that as a physics major, we can actually figure out the actual frequency of an overall organ based on density, thickness, and size. There's mathematical formulas for that, right? Mechanical resonance. But there's the material resonance. There's the cellular resonance. There's even the the liquid resonances. There's And then there's the atomic resonance. But then I just saw a whole thing on on, uh, string theory, where you get down into the parts of the cell. So each level is going to have its own resonant frequency. And I bet you there's a musical interval chord that's very common, that's 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 stable between all those different levels. And once we figure out that chord, that musical interval relationship, then we can just use one test at any level and get the whole array for that organ.
1: I think that's true. Uh, I've seen little snippets of maybe what that would be like in the future. Uh, through my colleague, Gerard de Bost, who is a physicist. He's an expert in plasmas and antenna electromagnetic radiation of antennas. And uh, he has co-authored several scientific papers with us uh, helping to explain the results. When I've shattered these cancer cells, he writes back to me, he said, okay, use your microscope, take very precise measurements, the diameter of the cells and all this. And then he's done calculations where He's shown several possible resonant frequencies in the cell. The math is way beyond anything I could do, I can tell you that. Uh, he's, he's a trained physicist and was a professor for 40 or 50 years in that field. But these, they're on our website at novobiotronics.com. And if you're a math person, I encourage you to look at it uh, and you can maybe explain it to me. Gerard explained <laughs> it to me in layman's terms, Anthony, here's why you're shattering cells. But what's really interesting is people like to think in the past maybe, well, there's one particular frequency that's really the best. I'm not so sure. I think it's more like what you said. There are many parts of the cell which have resonant structures. For example, uh, my colleague, Gerard, he said, we believe uh, we have found at least through our calculations, three resonant frequencies for what are called microtubules in the cell. And the microtubules are little wire-like structures that build the cell and hold the little parts of the cell together and and make the cell move when it divides and so on. And he said, here's a length we can calculate with a resonant frequency. Here's the width of a microtubule. And also there's a twisting frequency for the microtubules. And uh, he took everything into, a, into account, like you said, the damping of the signal based on how much water was within the microtubule, the distance from the plasma tube and the, how many watts per centimeter squared, just fantastic work in there. You know, I'm just, I'm just taking the cells and running frequencies and filming it. And of course I do assays. I can tell you what percentage of cells lived, what percentage died. But the mechanism of destruction, it's like you said, many, many frequencies can be
0: helpful. It's interesting. Um, One thing I wanted to point out, uh, some people might uh, think, oh, well, I've seen people exploding glasses with the voice on YouTube, but they aren't using destructive resonance to do that. If they were using destructive resonance to explode a glass with the voice, we'd be in trouble. It's like, especially in a sound healing class, oh, lost lost a liver today, (laughs) right? Oops, went there, went a kidney, right? Hit the wrong frequency, (laughs) right? No, it's really binaural beats. When you use the voice, they show it on the glass, they actually find the frequency of the glass and go off pitch a little bit, and the difference frequency is what actually explodes the glass. Now, when they on on the the ones you did and you showed, the volume of the frequency is way louder than the voice can do. And that's where you you actually there are videos of them exploding glasses with frequencies. Uh, of tone generators. And that is destructive resonance, which is, it just has to be much louder, right? I mean, the potential also, you know, I always think of, this is the way I always put it, the more ways you lead a horse to water, the more chances it'll drink, <laughs> <laughs> right? Why not use sound, which is, is, is a uh, fact, I mean, there's, you know, uh, inside tech is using ultrasound, to destroy cancer. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a video from years ago on YouTube, uh, uh, the, the operating room of the future. and uh, Why not use uh, all different levels, even scalar waves, and use them all at the same time? I mean, th- that's, the potential is really huge. Um, but here's… Let me uh, just uh, mention,
1: in regards to uh, residents, uh, the key thing uh, in a resonant destruction is that the amount of energy you are putting into the system just slightly exceeds what they call the dampening factor. You know, you're sending in a vibration of something, a little bit of that vibration is going to be absorbed and, and kind of weakened. But there's only so much damping of the sound. Like in a the piano, they have dampers, these little felt things that come down and stop the piano strings. So in a vibrating system, each system will have a certain amount of damping of the incoming signal as long as you, the power level of the signal you're sending in slightly exceeds the damping factor and you sustain it, the vibration will grow larger and larger in amplitude and you'll achieve your goal. It goes back to Nikola Tesla, the legendary event he had in his laboratory where he attaches a small physical vibrating uh, oscillator to a steel beam in his lab and he calculates the resonant frequency for that steel structure of his lab and uh the next thing he knows the building starts shaking bricks are falling a policeman the story goes a policeman runs in the lab what's going on here and the whole building's about to be destroyed by this little oscillating thing and tesla supposedly smashes the oscillator and the police uh uh, decide not to arrest him after all for causing all this trouble in the streets, but it's a nice story. But it's good to know. Uh, it's like the video of the destruction of that bridge. I mean, when you think of concrete and steel structures and steel cables, you you couldn't stand there with your hand and move any of that. And here comes a wind, which is not a hurricane. It's just a probably a pretty strong wind blowing across there. And you see the bridge starts shaking. And, it, and at some point it causes a frequency in that bridge and it sustains that frequency long enough to overcome the damping of the bridge and the bridge is, is destroyed. So if we can find... this Now this is an interesting thing in a parallel to what uh, NovoCure, that large multinational company that does frequency treatments of cancer, they stress you do not need high power levels. I think they're saying, uh, 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 what is it, uh, less than one watt per centimeter squared or something like that. It's a, I'd have to look it up in the NovoCure papers, but you don't have to overpower the system. You need just enough power, sustain at the right frequency. And uh, if you're patient enough, the magic will happen. Or in the case of
0: destruction, that will happen. Well, here's the next step. And that is to work at the emotional level to get rid of the cause of the cancer in the first place. Right. And the work of Jeffrey Martin is now, he's now using ultrasound on microtubules where he's found the microtubule frequencies within the cells that you were just talking about within the brain to bring people into a state of oneness and unity consciousness in the lab every time if you're in oneness and unity consciousness there's no more anxiety there's no more depression there's no more PTSD there's no I mean all mental emotional issues are gone so now we're talking a new If we use that level as well, oh, my God, the world's about to change. You know, there's
1: no question that nutrition plays an absolutely key role in cancer. I'm not an expert in that, so I leave that to those experts. But I certainly have studied that quite a bit. The Warburg effect and things like that are very much in the news. But also, as you say, it's recognized by doctors that your emotional state your mental emotional state has a very powerful effect on your body you can destroy your immune system which is used to fight cancer and other diseases if you have emotional issues if you're having tremendous stress and things like that there's no question that good health has to be emotional mental physical nutrition and all of these things it's it's a lot of work to to be healthy
0: so i have to ask the question a lot of people think have you been hassled at all
1: uh not really no cool. i had one uh, i had one instance in upstate new york which was uh i had some concern about my personal safety and uh that's a little bit part of the reason of why i moved to florida but uh, i had been i had been to europe and i met a very um, well, famous in Europe, a scientist who was an expert in microscopes. And he did warn me. He said, "You know, if you get too close to finding a solution for cancer which does not use pharmaceuticals, you are going to have two visitors at your door." And uh, he went on to describe he he had these visitors and told me the story. Now, I don't know if he was telling me a yarn, you know, just to have a great story because I had come. To Germany to visit him. But sure enough, one day uh, in upstate New York, two middle aged men dressed in business suits did show up at my front door exactly as he had described. Uh, And their behavior was very strange. They knew my name. And uh, when I told them at the moment, uh, I was very busy and didn't have time to talk to them. They later returned and uh, and tried to, uh, I don't know what, what they were going to do, but it's fit the description of this fellow in Germany so well uh, that I felt very uncomfortable about it.
0: Well, there's a have been thinking about this a lot and just listening for ways, avenues, because I think it's meant to happen. And, you know, I talked with Jeffrey Thompson, who's really been working in this area as well and thinking about it a lot. And the first thing i th- i think is to get the hospitals on board the second is asia and europe are way more open right but you know really the deal though is once you get fda approval i mean it's an open door right
1: Yes, if you have FDA approval then then you are allowed to treat patients with your method with your technology, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But the problem is to get FDA approval, it's it's costing I think a minimum of 10 million dollars to run through the three phases of FDA
0: trials. Boy, that's not a lot for the potential of what this could do though. That's really not a lot. So with the so say you got uh uh so how much do you think you would need to actually uh well there's probably all different levels of funding that you could you you could do but what uh what is the plan for the research in Florida at different levels what what, what do you what do you see happening and what's the well, ultimate goal here the first, the first stage goal
1: I would see yeah the first stage goal I would say our company which is very small I'm the president and I'm doing all the experiments and finding the frequencies and doing all the cell assays and all these skills that I learned by visiting cancer labs and having scientists train me in these things. My goal is to leave behind a database of frequencies which we have shown in video and also in scientific papers, the exact data through assays. These frequencies can slow cancer growth, and they can destroy cancer, and we've seen it happen at these percentages. We can kill 60%, 70%, or 25% if we use this frequency at this power level. I think if we can leave as much of that information and and we give it out to the public for free on our website, that's part of our mission. When we discover a frequency which works, we wanna publish it. We wanna give it away to the public, let everybody know what it is, get it out there because we're hoping that the next step will be taken by a larger organization, which would be testing these frequencies, say, with mice. Now, at one point, uh, we priced out the cost of doing a test with mice. I don't know anything about working with mice, so I had to find a company which does this professionally. There was a company in Canada, I think it was maybe eight years ago or so, just to see what it would cost. They said, well, you can come up to Canada, bring your equipment, Uh, we'll give you uh, maybe 10 days, and uh, we'll have 30 mice. And 15 of them, we'll give all the mice leukemia, the exact kind of leukemia you're working on. It's a cell line called K562 chronic leukemia. Uh, The mice will contract leukemia. We have experience with this. 15 of these mice you'll treat with your electronics and 15 you won't. And then we'll see which mice live longer, have a better quality of life. And we'll also then later uh, sacrifice the mice, sorry to say, but that will allow us to see at the cellular level and the organ level, what were your electric fields doing to the mice? Were they helping them somehow? Great, wow, these are the top experts. So this was about eight years ago. They said, uh, for 30 mice in two weeks, you'll need $100,000. So uh, this, I mean, to me, that's impossible. You know, I can maybe I can buy a house for 100,000, but I can't afford that. And our company operates on a shoestring budget. We can just barely afford to buy cancer cells and the media to keep the cells alive and the materials needed to assay the experiments. So when you start getting up to that level, uh, I think you need an institution, or you need somebody like an Elon Musk, you know, who says, hey, here's a a million dollars, go do a couple animal experiments. And if those go well, come back, and uh, we'll come up with another 15 million, and you can start the FDA trial. So I'm thinking we're at the fundamental level, we're going to provide the data. These frequencies slowed and killed these kind of cancer cells. Somebody
0: take it from here.
1: We gave you all the information.
0: Excellent. Well, we'll just assume it's a done deal. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait really, right the check. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. It's, it's yeah, checked on the way. I, I actually would bet that you'll have full funding within six months here.
1: Well, that would be awesome that's that would be
0: incredible wow yeah i'm cool. ready <laughs> anything else you'd like to share before we end
1: no it's uh i guess i would just say you know i my career was in music i was a music professor uh quite quite some number of years i love that job i love music i'm a musician orchestra, conductor, composer, and of course in the music technology, which is where I got interested in frequencies in cancer. I just wanna say, why does it have to be a musician who's finding these frequencies and who's working summer school so he can, you know, buy some cancer cells and, and is working hundreds of hours, you know, doing assays and running frequencies Where are the the cancer researchers? I mean, we've got enough data out there now. If you read the Novocure papers and their patents, and they have a lot of patents on this too, we don't have any patents. We haven't applied for any patents. Even our most recent paper we released in 2023, it took me years to figure out this new electronic signal using frequency modulation synthesis, which I knew would have a powerful impact on cancer cells. We released the entire program how to do it for free in our third paper in 2023. But why why isn't MD Anderson doing this? You know, why aren't why aren't all the great why aren't all the great cancer centers checking it out? It's now proven, if not through our small company, certainly through NovoCure. I mean, Novocure is a company with a twenty-seven billion-dollar stock cap, right? uh, It's—they're huge. They're all over the world, and they have FDA approvals, and they're in another uh, twelve or fourteen or fifteen trials. That's—it's the wave of the future. So why isn't somebody else testing to see? Okay, the Novocure technology works great, but it doesn't project over the entire body. Let's look at what. Novo Biotronics did with a plasma tube, because we're treating the cells from two feet away. We can eventually develop the system, I think, where literally you could treat a room full of people all at once. And I don't think it would be that expensive to test that. But, you know, where are the cancer researchers doing Uh that? They can't get grants for that. They They can get grants if they want to use drugs, but they can't get grants for using electronics.
0: The potential here is just massive. Oh my God, there's nothing to say, right? It's just unbelievable. We're not gonna have any radiation or chemo in 10 years. It's gonna be completely gone. We're not gonna be hurting anybody anymore. This is so incredible. Hold that energy, that intention, that possibility which is really happening of all diseases cured. All bacteria exploded. All all viruses exploded as well. And then all emotions elevated to higher consciousness so they don't keep creating those diseases. Hold that energy for the rest of the evening, weekend, weeks ahead, months ahead, years ahead, and lifetimes ahead. May it be so.
1: So it is. Take care.